Just needed a couple of clarifications there before I got up here. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Trust that uh, Eric and the session uh, placing me this morning to be here uh, with you. Uh, I enjoyed my relationship with uh, Bailey while I was at North Point and uh, was back, I guess, close to 10 years ago when uh, I had the privilege of working with uh, uh, Eric to begin the annual joint Thanksgiving service. I guess y'all are still doing that. Is that right? So uh, I was happy to, to be a part of that and uh, thankful for the friends that uh, I've made here and uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here with you uh, this morning. I'm proud of Eric. Thankful for him. Uh, appreciate his commitment to his call here to this church and uh, his willingness to invest himself and his life uh, in this congregation. I'm a fan of long pastorates. And uh, I hope you all commemorate in some way. If it's not yet a decade, you'll commemorate in some way. Uh, Eric, having been here uh, for a decade to be your pastor and pray he'll be here another decade. Uh, I, was, I did this for 40 years, and almost 30 of those were in two different, just two churches. So uh, 16 in one church, 13 in another. And so I'm a fan of uh, Long Pastor. Hang in there, brother. Be thankful for a church that uh, loves you and, and appreciates you. I, I did apologize to Eric a little while ago when I noticed um, on the board before the service that he's preaching through the book of Luke. I'm preaching also this morning from the book of Luke. I apologize for that. I told him though I was ahead of him, it'll be a few weeks before he gets to where I am today. And when he gets there, he can give you the right interpretation of this passage. Luke chapter 18 this morning. Luke 18. So what we know is the parable of the persistent widow. The first eight verses, verses 1 through 8 of Luke 18. I am reading from the New American Standard Translation of the Bible. And this is God's holy and inspired word. So let us give careful hearing to the reading of it. Now he, that is Jesus, was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Saying, in a certain city there's a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. And there's a widow in that city. And she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection for my opponent. For a while he was unwilling. But afterward he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, Yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will God, not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? on the earth. Again, that is God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, this portion of your word. And we thank you for Jesus and for his teaching. And we thank you for uh, the wisdom that we find in the, many of the parables that he, he taught us. And we pray for your help this morning as we look to this particular portion of scripture that your Holy Spirit would be with us to guide us, that he would be our teacher, our helper. 
And Father, we ask that he would open our eyes to see the truth of your word, our ears to hear it. But more than all, our hearts, oh, Father, would he open them that we might be able to take your word and apply it, that our needs might become evident. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm sure you all know something about the importance of persistence. You know the value of pursuing your goals, your ambitions, and your aspirations with great persistence. Children, you know, learn uh, the value of persistence at an early age, don't they? I wanted to add my comments earlier, and I forgot. I'll just do it now. That I'm encouraged to see so many young children here in this uh, congregation. What a blessing that is for you all. But children learn the value of persistence at an early age, don't they? Hmm? They ask for something, and you don't do what they ask. Many times they will come back over and over again asking for the same thing in the hopes that you will relent and finally give them what they ask. The power of persistence leads to the power of persuasion. However, we all struggle with persistence, don't we? We sometimes become weary in pursuing the goals we've set or the duties to which we are committed Persistence is important in every area of life, you know, but uh, especially important in our spiritual lives. And yet we often struggle there, too. Uh, We find it hard sometimes to persist in our spiritual obligations and responsibilities. We find it hard to persist in the pursuit of holiness, in the practice of godliness, in our daily obligations of obedience. Well, this parable before us this morning is a parable about persistence. Specifically, it's a parable about persistence in prayer. This is one of those parables where you don't have to wonder what it is that's trying to teach or what Jesus is trying to communicate. Luke tells us up front in verse 1 exactly what this parable is about, where he says Jesus was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. So there are two practical points to this parable. One is we ought to pray. And the other is we ought not lose heart as we pray. Now, I'm sure this is a close-knit group here. You know, many of you have been in this church together for a long time, and you know each other very well. But I would imagine that if we were just completely transparent this morning, that's a hard thing to do, but if we were just completely transparent and just completely open about ourselves, we would admit Most of us struggle with both those areas. We struggle to pray. We struggle to continue praying. I know that any sermon preached on prayer in any church can be very personal and very convicting. What else I want you to know this morning, however, is, and I think Eric would agree, that any sermon on prayer, preached at a pastor's conference or at the general assembly is equally personal and convicting. We all struggle to pray, laymen and clergy alike. And that's because prayer is hard and prayer is something that we have to learn. That's why Jesus' disciples came to him one day and they asked him to teach them how to pray. They knew Jesus prayed. They had heard Jesus pray. They had seen Jesus pray. But they didn't know how to pray themselves. 
And so they came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. I think if Eric isn't that passage already in Luke, he'll get to it soon. Uh, one of the times Jesus gave the model for prayer, when it was the Lord's prayer, it was in response to that question of the disciples. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, when you pray, you pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Not only that, Paul says in Romans 8 that we don't know how to pray as we should. That's a pretty honest assessment for the Apostle Paul to make, isn't it? We do not know how to pray as we should. But he goes on to say that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. He helps us to pray. And even when we don't know how to pray or what to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So just learning to pray is a struggle for us. And persisting in prayer, keeping on in prayer is another struggle as well. And that's why Jesus told this parable. So we would pray and not lose heart as we pray. So let's take a closer look at this parable. First, we need to look at the setting or the context. Remember, every text has a context. And I'm sure Eric's told you many times, if you take a text out of the context, you're liable to lose the meaning of the parable itself. Now, since this is the beginning of chapter 18, to find the context of this parable, you have to look back at chapter 17. Weren't chapters and verses, of course, when the Bible was written. In chapter 17, Jesus was teaching about the coming of the kingdom at the end of the age, what we know as uh, the second coming or the return of Christ. I think I noticed driving up on your board, it says he is coming or Jesus is coming. That's the, the, the context for this parable that Jesus is teaching here in uh, verse uh, chapter 17. You know, that is the great hope, isn't it, of the believer. We look forward to and we long for the return of Christ. Now, there are times in our lives where we long for it more than others. Times when we're in pain or sorrow or difficulty or just struggling with life. It's in those times where we are inclined to say with the Apostle John at the end of Revelation, even so, even so, come, come Lord Jesus. Well, in this parable, Jesus is telling us what we are to do while we wait for Jesus to come. And that is we're to pray. And we're not to lose heart as we pray. That's the setting. So second, let's look at the story of the parable itself. What is the earthly story that Jesus tells us here from which he derives a heavenly or a spiritual lesson? Only two main characters in this parable. There's a widow and there's a judge. Now the widow had some kind of problem. We don't know exactly what that kind of what that problem was. It was probably it seemed some sort of financial situation. Maybe someone had taken advantage of her. Maybe someone had extorted money out of her. Maybe she owed some money to someone, and they are harassing her for repayment. But whatever the situation was, this woman had come to the place where she knew she could not resolve it on her own, and so she began to look for help. Now, before we proceed. You need to realize that there 
The widows have a special place in God's eyes. All the way through the Bible, there are two groups of people that are of special concern to God. And those are widows and orphans. You might take advantage of someone, but you better not take advantage of a widow. You might mistreat someone, but you better not mistreat an orphan. You see, they are alone, and they're easy targets. And so God warns us not to take advantage of them, not to mistreat mistreat them, and he exhorts us to take special care of them and to pay special attention to them. And so I believe there's some significance to the fact that the main character in this parable is a widow. She's a widow who's encountered a personal problem. She's been taken advantage of. And she is at the point where she realizes she needs some help. And so in order to get the help that she needs, she goes through the proper legal channels. That is, she goes to see a judge. Now, uh, apparently she didn't have anyone to go with her, and so she went alone. Now, why she chose this particular judge, we don't know. What's significant is what Jesus says about him or how Jesus describes him. If you look at verse 6, Jesus calls him an unrighteous judge or an unjust judge. If you look back in verse 2, he's more specific. He says he was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. This is a a man who didn't pay attention to to God's commands and wasn't impacted by the needs of man. He didn't care what God said, didn't care what other people thought. He didn't seek the will of the Lord. He was not touched by the plight of man. He had no religious principles. He was immune to public opinion. When you have legal problems, the last thing you need is a judge like this to hear your case. That's the kind of man to whom this widow brought her situation. Well, she came to the judge, and she laid out her case, and she asked him, saying, please give me legal protection from my opponent. See, she wasn't just asking for Financial relief, she was asking for some sort of restraining order against this person who was harassing her. Please give me legal protection, she said, from my opponent. Notice that Jesus does not just say that she came to the judge. But Jesus says that she kept coming to him. She's like that little child. They kept coming over and over again asking for the same thing. Remember, this is a judge who didn't care about what God said, wasn't impacted by the uh, needs of those who came to him with their difficult situations. And apparently he had rebuffed her request for help. But here she came, over and over again, asking for the same thing over and over again, repeatedly asking for this legal protection she was seeking from this judge. Well, finally, that began to irritate the judge. He was annoyed by her continually coming to him with the same 
problem. In fact, he said, this widow bothers me. So even though he didn't really care about her situation, even he didn't really want to help her, he finally relented and gave her what she wanted. That's what we find Jesus saying about him, verses 4 and 5. For a while, he, that is the judge, for a while the judge was unwilling. But afterward, he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, interesting, he said the same thing about himself, Jesus said, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection, otherwise by continually coming, she will wear me out. Why did he relent and give her what she asked? It's for one reason, because of her persistence, because she kept coming, because she kept on keeping on seeking the legal protection she needed. Well, that's the story. In third place, we need to look at the meaning of this parable. What, how are we to interpret it? This is one of the places, again, where there's some help given to us in the text. You know, Luke tells us at the beginning in verse 1 what the parable is about. Jesus told this parable so that we would pray and not lose heart as we pray. Jesus tells us, gives us a clue as to the interpretation of this parable. If you look in verse 6, where Jesus talks about the unrighteous judge or describes him as such, in verse 6, he says, hear what the unrighteous judge said. So right after Jesus tells the parable, the first thing he says is, now listen, pay attention, hear what the unrighteous judge said. And so the, the interpretation of this parable, the real meaning of this parable must come from analyzing what it was this judge said about this woman persistently coming to him with her request. Well, again, what did the judge say? Essentially, he said this. He said, I don't, even though I don't care anything about this woman, even though I don't care anything about her situation, even though I really don't want to help her, I'm going to do what she asks because if she keeps coming, she's going to wear me out. Now, said all the way through, this is a parable about persistence in prayer. What I want you to know is that what Jesus gives us here in this parable is a contrast between the judge and God and not a comparison. Jesus is in no way saying God is anything like this judge. And God does not act, not act anything like the way this judge acted toward this woman. In fact, Jesus is saying God is far different from him, and God responds to the requests of his people in a far different way than the way this judge responded to this woman. He goes on to say in verses 7 and 8, now, there's a little contrast word. Listen to what the unrighteous judge said. Pay attention to it now, Jesus says. Will not God, there's the contrast, bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night, and will he delay all long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. And so the contrast is between this unrighteous judge who finally, reluctantly, 
responded to the request of this woman because she was about to wear him out with her constant asking. And God, who responds to the needs of his people and to their requests eagerly and quickly because he loves them and because he cares about them. Notice in the text, Jesus calls his people his elect. God's people are those whom God chose before the foundation of the world to be his own. So he had his love and his affection upon them, has a deep care and concern for them. And, and Jesus says, certainly God will bring about justice for them, and he'll do it quickly. So why should we pray and not lose heart? It's because we do not come to a grumpy old judge who's reluctant to hear an answer. But we come to the God who has chosen us as his own, who loves us dearly, and who inclines his ear to hear our requests and responds when we cry out to him. Well, fourth and finally, how do we apply this parable? What are some applications we can make before we conclude this morning? The clearest application is that we are to be persistent in our prayers. Remember that up front, that's what Luke said this parable is about, that we would pray and not lose heart. If you don't go away with anything else this morning, you just go away with that. That the parable of the persistent widow is a, the point is that we ought to pray and be persistent as we pray. Persistence in prayer is the key application of this parable. Again, this woman got what she asked for one reason and one reason only. That was because she was persistent. Because she kept coming over and over and over again to that judge until he finally relented and gave her what she asked. And that's what we're to do. We all know God does not always answer our prayers immediately. Sometimes we pray and it seems like nothing happens. Sometimes we pray for the same thing over and over again. For it seems to us to be long periods of time and we see no change. Jesus' admonition in this parable is, you keep praying. Do not lose heart. A second application is closely related to that. And that's to remember that God's timing is not always the same as ours. Jesus says in the parable that God will not delay long over our requests. It does say he will bring about justice quickly. Now, again, sometimes it might not seem that way to you. You might have prayed again for something for a long time. And you're kind of scratching your head saying, when is God going to answer my prayer? You may have been praying for a family member or a friend to be converted. Might have been praying for them for years and they're still unconverted. You might have been praying for someone who's sick to be healed and they're still sick. You might have been praying for revival in our country that we would see a real spiritual renewal and cultural change And you look about you and you're so discouraged by what you see. Remember, God's timing is not always yours. 
So keep praying, even though his responses, his answers to your prayer might appear to be delayed. God's not a creature of time like we are. I guarantee you, he doesn't have a wristwatch seeing what time it is. He doesn't have a cell phone he carries around checking all the time to see what time it is. What seems like a delay to us might not be a delay at all to him. The Bible says a thousand years is like one day to God. So avoid being discouraged by apparent delays to answers to your prayer. Remember, God will always answer in his way and in his time. So you keep praying. A third application is to keep everything in the perspective of Christ's return. Remember, that's the context for this parable. The coming of the kingdom, the return of Jesus at the end of the age. Jesus is coming. And that gives us great assurance, doesn't it? Great confidence, great great hope. When Jesus comes again, that's when everything, you know, Eric's talked about some of the difficulties in our our world today. That's when everything is going to be made right. That's when full justice is going to take place. It may be that some of your prayers will not be fully answered until then, until Jesus comes again. Now, it seems even that that's delayed, doesn't it? But every generation of believers has been given the same admonition to keep on the alert, to keep watching, to know that Jesus is coming and coming at any moment. Only God the Father knows when that moment is. And so we're not to be discouraged by the apparent delay of Jesus' return, but we as we wait for it, or to keep praying. Then a fourth and final application is to show faith. Show faith until Jesus comes. Look at what Jesus says at the end of verse 8, end of this parable. He says, ask a question. He says, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man comes, you see, that's what directly ties This parable, back to the context I mentioned in chapter 17. Jesus himself says, okay, now when that happens, when the Son of Man returns, what will he find? Will he find faith on the earth? And the question is, how will Jesus find faith on the earth? In the context is that Jesus will find faith on the earth by finding his people praying and not losing heart. He will find faith on the earth when he returns and finds his people praying persistently. He'll find faith on the earth when he returns and finding his people praying without fail. You know, James says... We show our faith by our works. appears to me in this parable, Jesus is saying we show our faith in part by the way that we pray. Now, I know you might be struggling to pray. 
You might be discouraged this morning because you know your prayer life is so inconsistent. You might be embarrassed, like today, when the subject of prayer comes up because you know your prayer life is not what it ought to be. So resolve to be like this woman who kept coming over and over again to this unrighteous judge. You come. You come over and over again to the righteous God who loves you who has chosen you, who cares about you, who hears your prayers. And in his good timing, and again, again, in the way of his perfect will, will respond and answer your prayers for your good and for his glory. My dear friends here at Bailey, keep praying. Keep praying. And don't lose heart. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for your word, and we thank you for this particular parable. It is in many ways personal and convicting. We know the Holy Spirit is there to help us, and so help us to rely upon him and his help, and help us to be persistent in the way that we pray because of who you are and how you love us and care about us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.